let's pray. Father, uh, we do uh, lift up this time, God, and we do pray that you would minister to our hearts. We want to understand your word, Lord, so that we can better understand ourselves, so that we can live this life to the fullest. You promised to give us life, and that life to full. And God, I know that the only way we can do that is to experience what you have for us. So open up our hearts, open up our minds, Lord. Let us get it in our heads and push it down to our hearts and then begin to live these truths. So we give you this time. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, tonight we do the shift. And last time I taught this, I got a bulletproof vest that I put on before I taught it, but uh, I thought, and actually someone walked out because I did that, so obviously no sense of humor, but I decided not to do it this time. I'm a little braver, and we have a lot of uh, armed security people, so I'll be okay. But tonight we're gonna shift. So, so far we've talked about what marriage is, and I think it's important just to, again, stop and think about this. The world, the state, the government did not institute this thing we call marriage. God did. And if God instituted it, then we need to go to his word to find out what marriage is and how to do it correctly. And then a little beyond that, God made us. And if God made us, he knows best how we function and operate and so we need to go to his word. And then last week we talked to the guys and talked about loving our wives and what does that look like? What does that really mean? It's not just a romantic thing and it's not just kind gestures. It's being a good husband and a leader of the home and taking that responsibility and going forward with that. So we looked at that. Now, tonight we're gonna look at what the Bible calls submission. And the minute you bring that up, I know some people freak out about it. We don't like that term. I know what century we're in. I know where we're living. I know what's going on. And yet, I believe the Bible. And I believe the Bible is inerrant. I believe the Bible is uh, forever. I don't think God's word changes. I don't think it was written for one time for this and another time for that. I believe the Bible. So if the Bible's talking about submission, it must be okay and it must be something we're supposed to do. Whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not, we need to understand. Now, here's the thing that always blows my mind. Whether we're talking about, whether we're talking about Ephesians, whether we're talking about Colossians chapter three, uh, and, and I'm gonna throw that one up there. You can write that down, look at that later. And it's only two verses. Colossians only has two verses on marriage because it's easy. But listen, whether we're talking to all these people, here's what they say. Submission was for that culture in that time period, and it's archaic. We don't need to pay attention to that. Here's my pat answer. If you don't pay attention to the submission, then do men need to not love their wives anymore because it's in the same context, same place? Do children need to not obey their parents? And we can just keep going. So listen, it's not an archaic, crazy, you know, something that Paul wrote and that Paul, you know, again, a lot of people say, well, that's Pauline theology. If you've ever heard those terms thrown out, they like to do that. That's why we're gonna go to Peter and look what Peter had to say. Hey, this is not a man's idea. Listen carefully. This is God's idea. So sometimes it is hard to talk about it because of the culture we live in and because of the connotations and even some of the negative things that happen because of the whole idea of submission 
can be, you know, misapplied. It can be, it can be misused, all of that. But it doesn't mean we do away with it. People abuse the idea of grace all the time. I'm never gonna stop teaching about grace because that's how we're saved. So I'm not gonna quit teaching about submission just because it might be abused or because some circles or some people say, no, we can't talk about that. So getting back to the idea, God created us and when we looked at it, God created man and woman. And again, we're losing that distinction, aren't we? I mean, we live in a time and a culture that my mind is going, when I think about what's going on, we, we no longer, did you guys see the thing that came out from Congress about the pronouns you can use and can't use? You can't say husband, wife, you can't say mother, father, you can't say aunt and uncle, you can't say daughter and son, you have to say, you know, child or sibling or parent or spouse. You can't use any of those terms anymore. That's nuts. We are made male and female. Whether people like it or not, whether they want to admit it or not, that's how God made us. And here's the thing. When God made us male and female, he made us distinct people, a male and a female, and he gave us roles. And here's what he's saying. You do these things you will have life to its fullest and, and what, what we're talking about, you wanna have a good marriage? Then do what God says. I don't care what the world says. Hey, one out of every 1.8 marriages ends up in divorce. That's crazy, it used to be one out of every two. It's shrinking all the time. Pretty soon it's gonna be one out of every one. And then that's gonna blow my mind. So listen, once again, we're not talking about bashing divorce and, and getting into that, but there's a fact. So here's what blows my mind. Why do we keep going to the world to try and figure out how to do something that is so broken in the world? And it's broken in the church. So how do we have good, successful marriages? We believe God. I was gonna have you do something, but I'm not gonna do it. Well, uh, no, I'm not gonna have you do it. Like that last song, almost, did, did all of you, you can raise your hands. I was gonna have you stand up. Did everybody sing that last song? Raise your hand if you sing the last song. Yeah. Ladies, raise your hand if you sing that last song. So is he Lord? Is he really Lord? Because this is, listen, this is a not about a man, you know, being exalted and suppressing women or whatever. This is about God's, identity for women in marriage. That's what it's all about. So if he's really Lord, then let's believe him. Men have to believe him, women have to believe him. So that's a lot of introduction to get into this because this is a touchy, touchy thing uh, for you know, a guy. Sometimes I, I would rather a woman teach this part than for a guy to teach it, but you guys are kind and generous and you'll be nice to me, right? So first of all, let me define, let me define a good definition for submission. Just so we're, when I say the word, here's what I mean. It is an intelligent response to God's ordained authority that results in peace. That's a good definition, isn't it? So remember, as I say that, let that ring in your head, not some value that the world put on it. And when we think about that, even when we think about the Godhead, right? When you look at the Godhead, we believe in a trinity. 
And again, it's hard to explain perfectly, but we have, we have three distinct personalities that all fit the attributes of God. Jesus, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. And they're all fully God. One is not bigger God than the other. They're all equal. But when it comes to creation, when it comes to our redemptive history, they each have a different role, and that's okay. Right? The Son has a role, the Holy Spirit has a role, the Father has a role, and we see that, we understand that. The Son submits to the Father, the Spirit submits to the Son, and it's not, listen, it's not one's lesser, it's they have a different role. So that's what we're looking at in this thing called submission. So I want to read 22 through 33 just to kind of, again, keep the context in Ephesians, and then we'll come back and talk about uh, the, the three verses. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, let the wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are all members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his mother, or father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So now we're going to get kind of down to the nitty gritty of what he's talking about. And in Colossians, you know what? I'm just going to flip over. I'm going to read what he, what he says in Colossians just uh, real quick. It's only a couple verses in, I'm in Thessalonians. That's not good. And uh, it's just a couple verses. Here's what he says. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. So here's the whole thing. This is about, bottom line, and I believe this with all my heart. This is about your relationship with the Lord more than it is with your relationship with your husband. And that's the crux of things. Listen, if we don't trust the Lord you're not gonna trust your husband. If you don't believe the Lord, you're not gonna, you're not gonna trust your husband, you're not gonna do those things. So the whole thing, ladies, the whole thing comes down to, are you really, really believing God? Are you believing what he says? Are you trusting him? Now I wrote down three reasons why I think ladies usually don't submit. I think the first one is some ladies feel that their spouse, their husband, He's really not worth it. I've had ladies tell me, he's a loser. I'm going, seriously? Here's, and here's my pet answer. You married him. So, right? 
So listen, man, if you're thinking that way, if you just have that way, if you're demeaning that way towards your husband, shame on you. That's horrible. And then I think the second reason a lot of people, ladies, don't, don't uh, submit is they're really afraid to, and we're gonna develop that as we go. They're scared about it. Hey, last time I checked, walking with Jesus is hard, and there's some scary things involved, so we need to understand that. But listen, some are just really, really afraid, like he's gonna muck things up, you know? I know him, I know what he's gonna do, and if I really do this, he's just really gonna blow it. We're gonna look at Abraham for an example and that's gonna blow your mind. So you have that. And then the last time, last thing I think is the bottom line that I kind of started with, you don't trust the Lord. You don't trust what he says. Listen, he's very specific. Three times, three times in the New Testament, here's what he says, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now one thing I think, I, I think it's obvious, but maybe needs pointing out because some places say all women need to submit to all men. That's not what this says. What does it say? It's pretty specific, right? Wives, submit to your own husbands. So there's not this whole hierarchy of men and then there's the women. This is a whole, listen, it's a whole role thing. And women are submit to their own husbands. Why? Because God said the husband's the head of the home. He's the leader. Now, here's something that blows my mind. In nature, when anything has two heads, what do we call it? We call it a freak, right? Some of you pay money to go watch freaky things. But we call it a freak. If something has two heads, we know it's not right, correct? Then why do we, in a marriage, expect for two heads to work any better than it does in nature. It's a freaky thing. Listen, we need to understand that. There are roles. Again, it doesn't mean the, men is, the man is greater and, and et cetera. It means he has a different role in the relationship. Women are to submit. Now, again, some ladies, they tell me seriously, like you really think I'm gonna submit to him? And here's my, again, really, that's your attitude? That's how you feel? And they kind of just resist it and push against it. If you feel that way towards your husband, then you need to get on your knees and you need to pray for God to change your heart. I'm not gonna tell you to pray for him. I already talked to him. He's supposed to be doing his thing. I'm talking to you and you need to do that. Listen, you cannot have that attitude. Your marriage will never work. It will never be good with that attitude. So then we submit. So, so then he goes a little bit further. Listen, he says, submit for the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church and he's the savior of the body. Listen, men have a responsibility. So then women come up with this. Well, he hasn't earned it from me. Like he doesn't do things, you know, he doesn't lead well. I don't see any clause here, just like I told the men last week. You're gonna love your wife unconditionally. I don't care what she does. I don't care, I don't care how ugly it gets. I don't care how ugly she might get. And I'm not talking about physically. I just saved myself there. So, things come out sometimes and I think that's not the way it was supposed to come out. So I don't care how hard the relationship gets. You gotta love her, period. 
That's your responsibility and to do things. Ladies, it doesn't say submit to your husbands when they're loving and kind. I think you'd submit to them, especially when they're not. Wow, that takes a lot. Now, I think again, I think a lot of the church, if we're really, really honest, if we do this gut check honest thing, I think we mix up this word submission with agreeing. I had a conversation years ago with a, a guy that he was, wanted to be part of the church and he had some issues. He had some issues going on and I don't want to get into all those, but he said, he came to me and he said, hey, I really want to really learn from you and I want to be around you. And, and this was when I was just starting, so he's kind of naive. But he was saying those things and he said, I want to submit to you. And I said, dude, you can't even spell submission. You know, you have no idea what submission is Submission's not just agreeing, and here's what happens. We all think we're submitting when we agree with things. That's just agreeing. You submit when you don't agree, and then you put yourself under that. That's submission, and that's willing to do it, and, and I think that's important to understand. Hey, we have policies in the church, and some people love them, and then all of a sudden something happens in their life, and they go, I don't like that policy anymore. Oh, so you were just agreeing with us. You weren't submitting to us. You were just agreeing. Are you, are you tracking with me? And wives, we do that sometimes. Like, hey, it's going well. Better not make that decision. He makes a decision, we panic. And I get it sometimes. Listen, listen. Some guys can wreck things, right? They can drive it right into the wall. Right into the wall and mess things up. I get that. But your responsibility is to watch him do that. That's scary, isn't it? That's frightening. But I think, listen, I think we need to understand that. Listen carefully. Husbands, they weren't looking for a mom. And when you start this whole thing of, well, you did this wrong, well, you didn't do that right, well, pick your clothes up, get your socks in, do this, do that. How come you're doing this? You do all of that. Here's what, here's what I did as a kid. When my mom started nagging me like that, here's what I did. I got on my bicycle, and I took off, and I went for a bicycle ride. Hmm. Is your husband always going for a bike ride? Might want to think that through. And think about it, because listen, man, he did not, he doesn't want a mom. And some of you go, well, then he needs to quit acting like a little kid. Once again, not your responsibility. Your responsibility, listen, your responsibility is to submit. So be careful with that, and we're going to come back to that in a moment. But listen, man, be careful. And your submit, listen, he's the head, and hey, if he makes the biggest blunder ever, how big is your God? My God's big enough to fix the things. Listen, I look at my own life. I scare myself, much less scaring my wife. I look at some things and I go, I can't believe you just did that. You are a maniac. And then I remember, I have a great big God. And my God is bigger than me. Listen, if Jesus can get me to heaven, he can fix my little messes that I do here. And so we need to understand, we need to trust that. So ladies, I'm not saying you have to trust that guy sitting next to you tonight. I'm saying you gotta trust the Lord. 
And in doing that, then you can trust him. So submit, and then it says, this is, this is one of my favorite parts. Listen, it says, verse 24, therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be uh, to their own husbands occasionally. In everything. What does in everything mean? In everything. Really, really, like you really, you really think I'm gonna do that? Well, that's what the word says. I'm not telling you what to do. God's telling you what to do. And you need to trust and you need to do that. And listen, I know some, I know some areas, uh, we've, I've done a lot of marriage counseling. I've sat with people. Some areas like, the, like the, 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 the wife is scared to death if the guy ever, ever, ever even sees the checkbook. Do you know what he would do with our money? And then even some of the wives say this, you know what he would do with my money? Not good, not good. But it's, even, it's just as bad to say, you know what he would do with our money? So what? What if he spent all your money? Pat, why are you saying that? He's right here. He's hearing you. I know. So what if he did that? What if he did that? Jesus big enough to fix that? Uh-uh. No, he's going to ruin our lives. Seriously? You've got to trust him in those areas. Once again, trust Jesus. And as you trust Jesus, I think you'll learn to trust. Here's the thing I know. God made us, right? And I'm a guy Here's what guys crave, respect. They crave that. What do women crave? Love. What a shocker that God lays it out and says, hey, men, love your wives. Hey, wives, respect your husbands. Wow. Wow, you read that and you go, wow, God's pretty smart. Really, he made us. And he knows what, how we function best, and we need to understand that. So we're to submit to our husbands in everything, or wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Now, something that bothers me, and I didn't do it on purpose, but a lot of people, when they ter- teach, especially 22, 23, 24, they always go back up to 21. Verse 21 says, we looked at it a, like two years ago, it seems like. Uh, you know, a month ago, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And everybody goes up to that and says, see, he says to submit to one another. So don't take 21 and shove it down into 22, 23, 24. Doesn't belong there. Yes, as a church, as saints, as fellow believers, we submit to one another. In the home, there's an order. Do you understand that this thing called family has been around a lot longer than the church has been around. It's been around a lot longer than the United States of America has been around. This thing called family has been around since Adam and Eve and God put them together. We need to understand that. So quit trying to get our culture and take our culture and say, here's our culture, therefore we've got to make it fit into the, or we've got to make this fit into our culture. Stop it. Let's take our culture and make it fit into God's word and do that. So having said that, now I, we gotta go to Peter because again, people pick on Paul and say all these horrible things about him. So Peter, let's check out Peter because Peter has hoof and mouth disease, right? Peter's always sticking his foot in his mouth. He's always just saying things. He's always doing things. So we can get on him. So 1 Peter chapter three, 
We're gonna look at this because I think this is, listen, I think this is just a, a great, great place and the fact that also notice the context. Here's what blows my mind. The context in Ephesians is about walking in the spirit and being filled with the spirit. That's the context when he gets into the family. The context in Colossians is about trusting the word and walking in the word, then he gets into the family. The context in Peter is following Jesus and walking with Jesus and then he gets into the family. Are you, are you seeing what's going on there? Our relationship with God has a direct influence in our relationship with our spouses. And we need to understand that. And once we get a hold of that, we're gonna be stronger. So in 1 Peter, he says this, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. There he is again, right? Now when he's saying likewise, here's what sort of blows my mind. And this is kind of taking it to an extreme. When he says likewise, he's referring back to 21, 22, 23 of the chapter above. And that chapter is all about Jesus willing to die on the cross for us. And then he says, wives, likewise, just like Jesus did, here's what I want you to do. Now I'm not saying you need to put yourself in a situation where you're abused. But it is interesting that he ties it to that, isn't it? And again, again, I don't think anybody should live in an abusive situation, whether it's physical, emotional, whatever. You have, you know, you need to get yourself out of there. I get so angry when pastors tell, tell wives in particular, stay in that situation. That is wrong. I'm not telling you you need to run out and get a divorce lawyer. I'm telling you you need to get yourself out of that situation. And, and, kind of get some things straightened out if they can be. But, so, but it is interesting, he says, just like Jesus submitted all the way to death, likewise, wives, submit to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. And I think that by fear can be more like by respect. Wives, some of you are sitting here without husbands because he didn't come. And some of you, when you go home, he's gonna be watching maybe a, one of the, uh, you know, maybe the Lakers tonight or whoever's on and you're gonna come in and you're gonna turn that TV off. Why you watch that? Why are you staying home? Why do you do that? And you know what he's gonna hear? The score. Guys, hey, guys are good at tuning that out. Just letting you know, ladies, some of the guys are real mad at me right now. They can just turn that off and tune that out. You know, and guys are good at tuning lots of stuff out. There was a time when a bunch of us were in a car, five guys, we're in a car, and we're heading someplace, and we got lost. This is before GPS, before garments. We're kind of lost, and so we, we took a man vote to stop and ask for directions. We didn't have any women in the car, so. <laughs> so, so we decided we were gonna stop and ask directions. We asked this guy, there's five of us. We asked this guy and he says, yeah, you go down here and you turn left and you go here and you do this and this. And he went through the whole thing and all five of us are going, got it. <laughs> Drive off, do the first turn and somebody, what did he say after that? I don't know, <laughs> wasn't listening. You just said you got it. And that's what guys do, right? 
I, I've shared before when I was at 9-11 and they're giving all these instructions and part of this is ADD and part of it is, you know, just a guy thing and, and they're telling us exactly what we have to do when the people come in. We were, we were kind of interviewing people and, and okaying them to get reimbursed. And anyway, they went through all this stuff and, and they and we were going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then they go, we're gonna let people in, get ready. I turned to the guy I was with and I go, what are we supposed to do? And he goes, you weren't listening? I said, not a word. Right after he said, write this down, nothing. So uh, listen, ladies, you need to know that. But once again, if you're nagging, and this is no offense to moms, but you're reminding him of his mom. He doesn't need another mother. And again, I don't care what you think. I don't care if you think. I know we joke around sometimes and say, you know, she's got four boys at home when there's only three. And, and I get all that. We kind of say that. But he doesn't need a mom. And I'm going to say this with all seriousness. A guy does not want to have sex with his mother. You put that image in his head, think about it. Think about what you just did when you put that image in his head. Then you want him to be all romantic. So be careful, ladies. Watch out. Be submissive. And then he says, listen, man, you can win him over without a word. And it's weird the way here it's talked about when he's saying, listen, when he's saying you can do that without a word, that he may be won over by the conduct of his wives, he's talking about men who want nothing to do with God, nothing. What are you gonna do at that point? Don't nag. Live your Christian life in front of him. I know a lot of women say, well, I would submit to my husband if he were saved. Doesn't say that. Doesn't put that, doesn't give you that caveat. You know, when ladies come in for counseling, we generally don't like to meet with ladies as pastors. Not that we're against ladies, but it's just not good, and we, we'll do it some. But I will often tell a lady when she comes to me, and especially if it's a scriptural question, I say, go ask your husband. Really, have you met my husband, Pastor Pat? Remember, remember him? Yeah, I know, go ask him. Because listen, what do guys want? Respect. You go ask your husband, hey, you may, you know, and here's the problem, some ladies, no offense, no one in here, I'm sure, think they're spiritual mamas. And so they put that over their husband. You go ask your husband, hey, what does this mean, honey? And you know what? Sometimes the husbands, because I know men, they'll call us. What does the scripture mean? Because my wife's asking me. We tell him, then he goes and tells her how great that is. What a restoration. And some ladies go, but I'm married to an unbeliever. Ask him, do you know what that would do to your husband who's an unbeliever if you went to him and said, honey, I was reading my Bible. I was wondering if you could explain this to me. He's going to look at you with the blankest look ever, and he's going to think, oh, she thinks I know that. <laughs> and then they'll call, listen, it works. So we need to understand. I remember when Gaynell was saved, and I think I shared it last week, and, and so I remember when she had gotten saved and she came home, and the only thing, the only discussion we ever had about her salvation was she had asked me, please don't curse, because I was cursing in the home. And I told her, this is my home, I'll do what I want. That's gross, I'm not justifying that. But you know what, she didn't argue with me, she didn't fight with me, she didn't throw anything at me. She just started living this Christian life in front of me. 
And you know, the strangest thing to me, I know exactly when my wife got saved. Because she changed. She didn't say anything. Hey, I was working overtime making sure she didn't get saved. And she got saved. But she changed. And this is what Peter's talking about. Live that life. Hey, you don't have to, you don't have to do those things. Live the godly life in front of him. Now, I know a lot of people in here were couples and were saying, but I, I don't have a, you know, an unsaved husband. But ladies, are you still looking up to your husband? Are you looking up to him as your spiritual leader? Are you looking up to him in certain ways? Oh, and then he says this. This is kind of an important part. He says, verse three, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging of the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of the Lord. Wow. Now, this scripture's been abused. There are some who say, you shouldn't dress nice, you can't wear gold, you can't wear, uh, you know, you can't wear jewelry, you can't do this, you can't. That's not what he said, don't let it merely be that. I think it's important for ladies to dress nice for their husbands. Once again, listen, man, you start, you know, you start wearing the flannel stuff and doing this and doing that. Hey, he doesn't need a buddy. He needs a wife, right? Think about, and I think it's great when you dress up and you dress nice and you do that for your husband and you let him know, man, listen, I, I want to look nice for you. And that's an okay thing. So he's not, he's not picking on that. And then I've said many times, most of you have heard this, you know, several times, you know, the whole thing about makeup. Do I wear makeup? Do I not wear makeup? You know what my answer is, right? If the barn needs painting, paint it. You know, just take care of it. You know, I think that's a, you know, a scriptural thing. And, and so here's what he's saying. But don't let that be what attracts him to you. If that's what's making him attracted to you, then there's gonna come somebody who does it better. Better painter, whatever term we wanna use. So ladies, let it be that inward beauty. If you're married to a believer especially, a godly man craves a godly wife. And vice versa, it goes both ways but I'm talking to women right now. That's what he craves. And so you have that inward beauty. We even, we even say that in our, in, our, in our weddings here, you know, make sure you have that inner beauty that never fades. That doesn't go away. Your outward beauty, it's, it's not gonna last. It's a bummer, but it's not. Women marry men hoping to change them, and they're not gonna grow up. You know, you're, if you married a little boy, he's gonna be a little boy after you say I do. It's not gonna change. But women marry men wanting them to change. Men marry women wanting them never to change. And neither one gets their way. So listen, it's not that. So he's saying not merely that, but he says with that inner beauty, man, as you're walking with the Lord, as you have a relationship with the Lord, he says do that. Then he says this, verse 5, for in this manner the... In the former times, the holy women who trusted in God 
also adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. I love that whole thing. Hey, ladies, do a Bible study on the women of the Bible and things that happened and what happened in their lives and, and begin to recognize that and look at that. But then he gives us this prime example. Verse six, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Here's what he's saying, do those things. Look at Sarah. Now, here's what blows my mind. Out of all of the women in the Bible, when I usually talk to women about submitting and doing these things, here's who they bring up, Abigail. Like, I think, seriously, man, where did you pull that out of? You really read Kings? Abigail, right? You guys know who Abigail is? Remember Abigail went against her husband? And they always say, what about Abigail? Number one, God has never said, check out Abigail and act like her. She's not even brought up in the New Testament. Number two, that whole story is not about Abigail. It's about her husband and David. So keep that in mind. Who is in the hall of faith? Sarah, not Abigail. Now then, ladies will tell me this. Well, it would be easy if you were married to Abraham. He's the father of faith. Seriously? Let's go look at Abraham. Come on, let's go to Genesis chapter 12. You think it'd be easy to be married to Abraham? We're gonna come back to Ephesians or someplace later on. But go to, go to, go to chapter 12. We're gonna pick it up in verse 10. It says, now there was a famine in the land in verse 10 of chapter 12, Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there for the famine was severe, was severe in the land. Now, now let's think about this. They had just got settled in. They've been roaming up and down and back and forth and going. They just got, they just got all settled in. You know, I, I always like to think when, when I think of getting settled in, I think of in our home, you know, when we're really settled in, we got duvets, we got those things that go disrupt, those things that go under, you got those pillow shams, you know, you gotta have eight of those on the bed, on each side, and you got the other stuff, but you can't put your head on them. I'm thinking, why do I have those things you can't put your head on? Just do it, dear, you know, and he'd go, yes, dear, you know, and that's a loving husband, okay, I like the pillow shams, it's a good thing, and then you have to, every night, you have to take 40 things off the bed to get in bed. And then in the morning, you gotta put them all back on. I'm thinking, this is like crazy. So I'm thinking Abraham, he just got settled in, right? He's got the pillow shams, he's got all those things going on. And then he goes, there's a famine, we gotta go to Egypt. Guess I gotta pack the pillow shams, don't I? <laughs> and so, listen, have you ever thought about this? Why'd you go to Egypt? I mean, when you read that, don't you get upset with Abraham? I'm thinking, you dork. Like, why are you going to Egypt? You've trusted God all this time, and now you're going back to the world of all places. Listen, why didn't you go north? Why are you going to Egypt? What's the matter with you? Egypt's the world. Why are you doing that? That's what I think. Do you think it crossed Sarah's mind? Do you think she thought for a moment, this is the dorkiest decision anybody could ever make? And Abraham's thinking, bet me, man, I got something up my sleeve that is gonna blow your mind, woman. Right? So you think it's easy to follow him? Now he's making a dumb decision, and here's what blesses me. She goes, let's go to Egypt. That's what God has shown you, let's go to Egypt. 
And I'm sure, I'm sure she might have even said, I think it's a bad decision, but you're it, man. Tag, you're it. Let's go. They get to Egypt, right? They go down to Egypt. This is where it gets really good. You talk about dumb decisions. Verse 11, and it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Now, I love this part, right? He said, honey, you are awesome. You look so good, right? And then he says this, therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you, that they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. So honey, they're gonna kill me. This is gonna be bad for me. This is a guy, right? And then he says this, therefore, or I'm sorry, verse 13, please say that you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, talk about twisting things, and that I may live because of you. (coughs) (coughs) Honey, you're beautiful. But when we get to Egypt, could you tell people you're my sister? Wow. Do you understand the magnitude of that? What if you were going with your husband to, you know, a work party, and he said, honey, you're foxy. And here's what I want you to do. Tell everybody you're my sister. Ladies, would you go for that one? No. All the ladies are going, no. Sarah did. Sarah did it. Does that blow your mind? Sarah did it. And listen, man, you talk about submission. You talk about trusting God. And here's what I think's in Sarah's mind. It doesn't matter. I think she's telling herself over and over. What? I thought thought going to Egypt was a bad decision. This is a really bad decision. There is nothing good going to come out of this. This is horrible. I think in her mind, she's thinking the whole time. And then she's thinking, but I've got to trust God. Because God is greater than Abraham. And he's greater than those perverts in Egypt. She didn't know they were perverts yet, but they're going to be. God is greater. I'm going to trust God. When was the last time you really stepped out in something like that that was so fearful in your life that, that you're thinking the whole time, this is nothing but a major train wreck in my life, but I'm going to trust God anyway. You've got to love this lady, right? And then most of us know the story. They get down there. And she's like freaking out, and she looks out the window. How's it going, Abe? Look at all the stuff I got. This is Abraham's response. Look at the stuff. Good job. Look at, I got camels. I'll take you for a camel ride if you ever get out of there. But I got camels. I got all of this stuff. He's like all stoked about it. And listen carefully, he's not even worried about her. And then God steps in, right? It comes right down to the thing. And then, and then I love that. I, I always think of God as a superhero. Like things get so close and then, and then in scripture it says, but God. And then the music starts and the capes come out when God swoops in and she's fine. So they make it. And then here's what people say. Well, it turned out good for him. That's okay. Seriously? He does it again in eight chapters. It doesn't just stop there. Listen, it's crazy stuff. But here's what he's saying, ladies. You need to have that kind of faith, not in your husband, but in your God. Oh, we gotta go back, because we didn't do one part. We gotta go back to Peter, right? Go back to Peter, because this is almost the best part. Go back to Peter, and listen, it says in verse six again, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Oh, 
I used to tell people when, whenever I got saved that I would come home and Gaynell, instead of nagging at me that I'm 10 minutes late and where have I been and how come I'm late, I used to tell people, I come in the back door and she gets on her knees and says, welcome home, Lord. <laughs> now, if you know my wife, there are some men who think that's kind of what this means. That's not what this means. She wasn't calling him Lord like Lord of all. Here's what it's saying. She was willing to submit to him. She was willing to trust him. She was willing to do the things he said to do, even if they're bizarre, even if they might seem wrong, even if logically they make no sense, I believe Sarah in her heart knew that God had this. And that's the crux. Listen, as we talk about this whole thing, you're never gonna submit to your husbands until you submit to God. It's not gonna happen. I don't care what you call it. I don't care how you pretend. I don't care if the, you know, the, the things you put on. It's not gonna happen. You need to submit completely to the Lord. Then that other, here's, here's how submission works for ladies. It's the fruit of your submission to God. How do men love their wives? It's a fruit of their submission to the Lord. Listen, it's a fruit thing. I don't want anybody to go away from this and say, okay, I took notes, I got these notes down, and I'm gonna mechanically do these things. You can't mechanically submit. You'll explode, and it'll get real ugly. It's gotta come from your heart. It's gotta come out of that relationship, and that's the important part to understand. You think Sarah just went, okay, I'll do this. No, it came from her relationship with God even though she blew it in times, right? She laughed at God. Never think about those things? So we're not talking, listen, when we talk about marriage, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about two sinners coming together trying to do life by trusting God. You're gonna have bumps, you're gonna have bruises, you're gonna have ups, you're gonna have downs. But my advice to you is always go back to the word of God. Don't go to the world for help. Go back to the word of God. What does God's word say that I'm supposed to do? That's why, and I didn't even lay out the rules this time. That's why I tell people you can't elbow each other. You can't take notes. Don't get this teaching and download it and give it to yours. You need to, you really need this. None of that stuff. Listen, wives, you listen to this part for you and you make it yours. Men, listen to last week and make it yours. But here's a guarantee. If you, right now, believe that God invented marriage, number one. Number two, that he brought you two together, then you know what? Just start doing this. Because it should just happen naturally. I believe with all my heart. Gaynell and I were not saved when we got married. But I believe he brought her in my life. Then after I got saved, I was sure he did. And I had some people who got married in the Lord, and I was watching them, and this guy's all mad at his wife, and I go, excuse me, did God make a mistake? That's what I like to tell people. No. And I go, well, if he brought you together, and she's like ruining your life, he kind of messed up, didn't he? No. Well, then shut up and do the right thing. That's why I tell guys, I don't talk to ladies that way. That's why I tell my friends. But 
how important it is, listen, I know that God brought my Gainel and I together. I know that. And so every morning I get up and I thank him for my wife. And I thank him for bringing her in my life. I don't know what she does. She may like, why God, why? And she gets up, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't listen to her prayer time. But I thank God for her. And then, you know what, that sets me up to love her throughout the day. And I don't think she says, why God? Because here's the thing, she's a good wife. And she's a blessing to me. And she's a helpmate. Listen, don't ever let somebody tell you that's not the right thing for a woman to do to be submissive. Don't let people, they're ripping you off. You wanna be woman? Then do what God says and you will be all woman all the time. Let's stand up and pray. Father, I do thank you once again. I thank you for the opportunity that we have here tonight just to, just to go over some of these verses and look at them and read them and, and Lord, that we can really do some, some heart check things. And I, I thank you that you didn't say, hey, go get married and figure things out and work it out. We don't have to go into this thing blind. We don't have to go into this thing ignorant. We don't have to go into this thing, quote, stupid. We can do marriage because you've given us the way to have the most successful, most blessed marriage. All we have to do is believe you. All we have to do is be men and women who are willing to trust you. And so I pray, I pray for all the ladies standing here right now. I pray that God, you would increase their faith in you. I pray for those who are married to unbelievers that right now they could, they could purpose in their heart that they're gonna be that witness to their, their spouse. They're gonna have that inner beauty and it is gonna blow their spouse's mind. I pray for all the men standing with me that they would love their wives just as you love the church, that they would be concerned about their welfare, about their well-being, about their, their being provided for, being taken care of. And the ladies would respond and have that heart for their husband, looking at him and respecting him and walking in that walk. Lord, I know I know that if we do things according to your word, that our marriages will be strong and healthy. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you do need some prayer, maybe even prayer over your marriage, uh, here's a text. You can text that number and let us know your prayer request if things are going on. If you need some, some, just some more direction, you can call the church office, you can do, you can send a text, say, hey, we need, just need some help in our marriage. I probably won't do the counseling because I'm just the guy that says, love your wife, submit to your husband, we're done. So we've got more understanding, compassionate people than me to do the counseling. So if you, if you feel like you need that, call us. Listen, I am concerned because here's what I believe, and we're gonna wrap it up next week with this. I believe we can change the world. 
I believe as believers we can change the world one heart at a time. I believe at couples we can change the whole perspective of marriage by making our marriage count. Taking every opportunity to let the world see what a good marriage is. So you guys go and bless the world with your relationship.